Hey, welcome to the No Gray Areas podcast. Today's guest was outstanding. Brett Fenton was a firefighter for 19 years. He talks about life, some of the mistakes that he made, but the part that you're going to love and you're going to laugh at is Firefighter Fenton. You have to find out who that is and what that's about. Let's jump in. Brent, welcome to the No Gray Areas podcast. Great to have you. Um, we're going to jump into kind of the background of your life here in a moment. But uh, the way that I got you on this podcast is a friend of mine. He was on this last spring. He is a firefighter like yourself. And uh, I, I asked him a couple months ago, I said, do you know anybody else that we could have on the podcast? And he said, I have the perfect guy for <laughs> yeah. you. So he brings up this video and shows me, and I needed nothing more than that. We're going to jump into that in a yeah. moment, get some background. But first of all, let's just back up a little bit and and hear your story. So you're a firefighter. How long have you been a firefighter? Right. So I've been a firefighter for uh, like almost 19 years. Okay. Yeah. And all of it here in the yeah. Phoenix area? Yep. My whole life has actually been here. Oh, <laughs> you, grew, you grew up here too. I am born and raised in Arizona. I didn't know yeah. anybody was born and yeah. raised here. Like I, that's... I'm like... I'm also like uh, like fourth generation Arizona. Are so, you serious? Yeah. Oh yeah. So wow. we've been here a long time. Part of my family actually founded uh, Dewey in Northern Arizona. So really, mm -hmm. that's so interesting because once we're from Montana originally, and when we moved down here, it's always kind of my intro question to people because I found almost everybody in Phoenix is a transplant. That, so yep. I'm like, hey, I'm Pat. They give me their name, and I said, where are you from? Because they're almost always from somewhere else. Oh yeah. Four generations yep. in Arizona. Yeah, we're. Uh, Gluttons for punishment with the heat, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Well, and then you wanted a little more heat, so you, you become a firefighter. Yeah, right. so. And then you were telling yeah. me before we turned on these mics, your dad was a cop then, right? right. So you kind of come from a family of first responders? Yeah. So, yeah, my dad is uh, the youngest of four brothers, and three of those four were police officers. So, yeah, wow, he did so. uh, 26 years with Phoenix Police. So Man, it's, it's mm -hmm. like you know, first responders just in your blood then, right? Yeah. 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 We were. I was actually gung-ho to be a cop, and he was like, mm, no, I don't do that Be yeah a firefighter <laughs> so. so why why would he say that so he was a, a phoenix police officer for 26 years yeah. promoted to the rank of sergeant and just kind of throughout his career um he did have some unfortunate things happen um when he like two weeks after he got promoted one of his officers was uh in 1999 was uh ambushed shot and killed mm. and so that that hit him real real hard and um after that i was in i was in uh high school at the time and he was like, you know, he knew I wanted to be a cop. I mean, I, every spare time I had, I was going on ride-alongs with him and just yeah. trying to learn yeah. as much as I could. And he's like, you know what? I'm not going to your funeral. You know, he's like, I want you to go. I've got some friends in the fire department. Go on some ride-alongs. Went on some ride-alongs. Uh, got to see some awesome things on those experiences and was like, okay, yeah, this yeah. is what I want to do. So I know I've always heard that uh, firefighters show up and everybody wants them there. Yeah. Cops show up and most people don't want them there. <laughs> They're there yeah. for something. You know, you did something wrong or yeah. something. And I guess that's that's probably somewhat true, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah that's what my dad yeah. said. He's like, you know, be a fire. Everybody loves a firefighter, and he's like, when they wave at you, they're using all their fingers. So you know, yeah, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> <So>. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we have great, great, great respect for all of you first responders. I mean, I don't care if you're a police officer, a firefighter, you're right. in the emergency room, doctor, nurse. I mean, all of you deal with stuff that the rest of us really don't have to deal with very often and um, are right. seeing things that are really tough to deal with. And we actually right. had a guest on here this last spring, uh, Tony Rodarte. He was a, a homicide detective and he actually has a nonprofit 
he works with first responders because a lot of them don't want to go get help oh, yeah. over the stuff they've seen. And so they just said, hey, we're just going to provide free of cost counseling, no questions asked. You don't have to put your name in on it because we'll pay for it because because first responders deal and see a lot of things, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah for like, sure. You definitely see all aspects of life and unfortunately they're not always great. So you, yeah. yeah, you got to have Gotta have outlets and means to deal with that. Yeah. So. What What are some of your outlets? How do you deal with it? Because you, how long have you been? So almost nineteen years. Almost. So you're yeah. going on twenty years. Yeah, almost so you've had to deal with some stuff. So then. yeah, you know, I've seen a lot. You know, I've seen some very tragic and unfortunate things. Um, you know, and so in the fire department culture, you know, it's kind of like a family. Um, it's very much like a family. We spend yeah. our, a third of our lives in those fire stations, and so you know, we we eat together, we laugh together, we cry together, we fight together. So. Um, you know, like a family. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We rely a lot on each other. We talk a lot about it. You know, for me, I'm a Christian. I have my faith. Uh, so I know that, um, it, it doesn't just end with me. You know, I'm, I'm part of a bigger story, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, Mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I have my coping mechanism, you know, as I know that we live in a broken world and, um, you know, it's, this is a, this is a product of the fall. And, Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I know that, uh, I can Mm -hmm. take these things that, that I see these tragedies and, uh, you know, I can give them to God and I can pray. And, and, um, that's really helpful for me. Very, very helpful for me. It's a very, um, very comforting thing knowing that it's all going to be made right. Not this side of heaven, you know, but it, it, you know, yeah. So, but how amazing that you're part of making some things right. Like you, you that's what you guys do as firefighters or first responders are part of making things right, right on this side. I mean, we can't make everything right, like you said. Right. I'm reading a book right now called Your, Your The Body Doesn't Forget. I think that's the name of it, and it's about trauma mm-hmm. and how our body reacts to trauma. And of course, as first responders, you guys deal with a lot of trauma. You see a lot of trauma. Yeah. But but it it struck me when I just started reading the, the, the preface of it, uh, the first chapter of it, that anybody who deals with the really dark side because mm-hmm. we live in a broken world, as you said, yeah, you're going to carry stuff. Your your body's going to oh, carry sure. stuff that you, yeah, just having to deal with that for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when I when I just met you out in the lobby, I saw you and I said, "Man, I, I didn't recognize you without the mustache." <laughs> so tell the audience what that means, and, yeah, and kind of go back to this video that I referred to at the beginning. Oh, yeah. So there's a mustache involved. Yeah. So there is a mustache involved. Um, you know, I've been a firefighter for almost 20 years. I enjoy comedy has always been a passion of mine. I enjoy making people laugh. And, uh, I'd heard my whole life, you should be a comedian or you should do whatever. And, and then get in the fire department working with guys and be laughing. They'd be like, dude, you missed your calling. And you hear that so much and you start to question, did I miss my calling? Yeah. And so, um, like we said, as firefighters, first responders, uh, we do see a lot of trauma. We do see a lot of things. Um, and one, uh, gift, I guess, that we have, or a thing that we can all use, is a sense of humor. Yeah, and uh, and so I've just, um, like I said, I love comedy, and I've been able to kind of figure out a way that we can laugh about the the mundane things and the not so great things that we see uh, in a way that we can all connect with, and it's just it's it's great medicine for all of us. And so I started this thing called uh, Firefighter Fenton. Yep, I follow you on Instagram. So, yeah, yeah. So they, so in the fire service, you know, in the culture, you always see firefighters got the mustaches, and that comes from way back when, when they didn't wear air packs, and the mustaches were literally almost like a filter to filter the smoke. I didn't know and stuff that, like that. Really? Yeah, and that's so, where I did not know that. Yeah, because I always, when I go walk through a store or something, I see someone with a big old mustache. Yeah, I always tell my wife, I'm like. 
that they're a firefighter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But and there was actually a reason there for was, it. There was actually a purpose for that, a reason ah. for that uh, years and years ago. And and then now it's just kind of become a, a cultural thing. Um, I, unfortunately, don't have the genetic makeup that allows me to grow an amazing mustache. <laughs> well, the one so, you wear on these videos is amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, I had to find one elsewhere. And it's just kind of a, a character. We have a saying in the fire service, you know, when somebody's kind of been there, done that, seen it all, it's that salty dog. Yeah. Um, and so my character is is a salty guy and he's <laughs> he's he's just angry at the world. Uh, he's it's just, so true. I'm laughing. I got to tell the audience. Yeah. You got to go. check. How do they find you again? So, yeah, it's Firefighter Fenton and okay. it's it's on I'm on Instagram, yeah. Facebook, TikTok. It's yeah. the same same handle. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm laughing. They're probably all wondering why I'm laughing because I've watched a bunch of your videos. Right. And so when you talk talk about just salty dog and the must, I'm I'm they're replaying right now in oh, my yeah. mind. So, okay, go on, go on. Yeah. So, you know, and as I've, I've kind of gone through this journey that there's a fine line between, um, just sheer madness and comedy. Like when something is made, so I know I do a lot of writing. I just kind of do a lot of observing what's going on. I pay attention. So when I hear somebody complaining or somebody's frustrated or angry, mad about something, I'll kind of, you know, write down notes of what's going on. Cause I know there's some comedy in there. And then when I go back and look at it, I find that when you can, when you're in those moments of something that's frustrating, you are that you're seeing red, blinders are up. That's all you see is your problem. Uh, but when you can kind of pull yourself out and get kind of like a ten thousand foot level and look at that, you can say like, man, in that moment, it's so frustrating. But when I look at it from here, it's like it's actually kind of funny. And then I recreate those moments and play that. And on a, I make it on a video and people watch and go, oh, man, I've been there. I've been that guy or <laughs> yeah. I know that guy. That's so-and-so and, -so, and yep. I've seen them act that way. And, and then everybody yep. shares it. They tag that person. Hey, this is you. And, you know, they go back and forth. Yeah. And so it creates a good laugh and a good um, – really a good moment where guys can talk about it, whether they're on shift, if they're having one of those brutal shifts, they can watch the videos, they can talk about the videos. Or if at, at home with their families – they watch the videos and they're laughing. The families don't understand why that's funny. And then they're yeah. able to talk through that. It just kind of creates those moments where they can just yeah. get together and laugh. You know, proof of this is when my kids were little, they're all grown now. But there was a day in the backyard where I could not get this lawnmower started. And yeah. I got so angry. I like threw the lawnmower. I had a cast <laughs> in my hand. I throw it. And it, it, you know, it rolls over a couple of times. It's leaking gas and oil all over the grass. And and I'm still, you know, breathing hard. Oh, yeah. And my my middle child, who also thinks he's a comedian like yourself, yeah. he looks at me and says, maybe it'll start now, Dad. Now, at the moment, that wasn't <laughs> yeah. funny. Oh, yeah. But but later, stepping back, like you're saying, I mean, we as a family have laughed about that so oh, many yeah. times. So you actually recreate things like that that happen in the fire station or happen to people. Yeah. Right? So give us an example of one. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, comedy's all around us. So, um, you know, I, like, for instance, we, we have headsets that we wear in the trucks yes and when you take your headset off it pulls your hair or it does yeah, whatever yeah and um they the headset will pull your hair and it'll hurt and you're like oh gosh and so i just and this is this a really small example you look at it you get that feeling of like pain or whatever and you're like oh my gosh and i make that video and people are like i have been that guy because every everybody who's worn those headsets has had that i don't know what it is you somebody pulls your hair it doesn't hurt that bad you yep. get one tiny hair pulled <laughs> and it is just it's worse than oh, like yeah, a it's handful. yeah exactly it is, it is so you've got that and you've got and so, this is, but but the character who's playing this is a salty dog. Oh yeah, he's a salty guy. Big mustache. Yes. Yeah, and a, and a more I, I would say a better one, a better example would be so we get nine one one calls. Nine one one is for emergencies, right? People call nine one one. They say, um, please do not respond with the lights and sirens. 
everybody's been on that call. They don't want to alert their neighbors. They're embarrassed, whatever. But, yeah. you know, if this is truly an emergency, yeah. you don't care how we get there. Just get here. Yeah. So everybody's been there, and you're hearing that, and we're all like, yeah, okay. So I have one video where I made where captain's like hey the caller states no lights and sirens please and i'm like oh he does does he and like my character has got a mustache it's a it is not me it's a it's truly a character you do go into I'm a, a different yeah i've got you a just use the voice I yeah i've got a different voice i'm like oh he does does he and then i just <laughs> ah and i hit the siren the lights and just let it rip yep. and yep. everybody starts laughing and then everybody's you know start talking about that is so true i've yeah. been that you know don't go go lights and sirens or whatever. It's like, oh no, we're going lights yeah. and sirens. Yeah. So if this is an emergency, we're coming the full bore. So So where did this all start? This firefighter, Fenton, big yeah. mustache, kind of a salty guy that's been around for a while. When did you first do this? Uh so this started back in 2011, 2010, somewhere in there. Uh my department had uh an annual banquet and it's kind of an awards banquet where they kind of, they you know they recognize firefighter of the year and different things like that. Service. We've all been to these like yeah. you're sitting on the edge of your seat with excitement. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like you're <laughs> Checking your head your is on the edge of the table. Your watch. Yeah. When is this over? Your head's on the edge of the table because you're falling asleep. Yeah. Yeah. So at these events, you know, they're they're all talking about uh, yeah, like you said, it's just the years of service, all these awards, so they can get kind of stale, kind yeah. of boring, uh, tiring. And I was just like, you know what? I could maybe add some comedic relief to the night. And so um, I decided that I was going to remake a song. The At the time, it was the Lady Annabellum song, I Need You Now. And I rewrote the lyrics to that and was kind of highlighting what we call the system abuser, someone who calls 911 all the time for non-emergencies. And we have, uh, it was called My Knee Hurts Now. And it was, my lyrics were, it's a quarter after one, I'm calling 911 because my knee hurts now. And it's, no, I didn't fall. Anybody that knows the song, is they're, they're playing the tune oh, in their right. head right now while you're saying it. Keep right. going, yeah, keep and going. Yeah, and so it just goes through that. It's like, no, I didn't fall. I have no complaints at all. Just yeah. my knee hurts now. And of course, they cannot drive themselves to the hospital. And it's also been hurting for months. But at this moment, yeah. it's you know, a quarter after one in the morning and now's the time to call yeah. and nothing really changed. I just got sick of it. So wake up and you know, whatever, but obviously we get those calls. They probably don't want the lights and sirens. Exactly. Either. <laughs> they don't want, exactly. So we get those calls. We'll ha we're happy to run them. Uh, that's what we're here for. That's our job. Uh, but there is some monotony yeah. and I think we, we, you know, we're human beings too. And we deserve to laugh at those monotony because in those moments it can be frustrating. Yeah. And so if we can laugh about it, that's what gets you through. You know, you're bringing up such a, a, it's a life lesson, really, what you're talking about. If we can learn to step back from some of the difficult, dark things in life, and not in the moment, you're not going to be able to, but if we can laugh about them later, and we right. we often will, right? Yeah. That's that's your your point. Well, that's the video that you're describing. Right. That's the video that's when the that friend that. of mine, uh, he's a chief now, mm -hmm. and uh, he said, check out this video. You're going to want this guy on. And yeah. I watched the video and I'm like, you are right. Give me his yeah. contact information. So, and then you, it went from there. How many yeah. years ago was that? That was, so yeah, that was 10, 11 years ago. And that one set it off. I literally made that video and, um, I woke up the next morning and it was well on its way to a million views. And I was like, what just happened? Because this was never the plan. Yeah. This was all by accident. You were and just making a fun video for the, yeah, the for event. the night and yeah, I put to I wake put, up a few people. Yeah. And I put it on YouTube for the guys that couldn't make it to the banquet. And everybody who was at that banquet shared it. And I started getting emails about subscribers, subscribers. So I'm like, what is happening? My YouTube is blowing up. Cause before that, I think my most viewed video was like 30 views. Yeah. And then I just, you know, I, I just kept making videos from there and it's yeah. kind of turned into what it is now. And it's, it's been, a great journey. Do you have a favorite? 
Um, like if, my, my favorite is actually that one where they said no lights and sirens uh, is my favorite like short form one. My favorite uh, long form, like the music video style, I have one. I, there's a couple actually. I have one that's called Station 2. Yeah. And every, every department has that station where you just get hammered. You get no sleep. You miss all your meals. You're just running your butt off. So uh, that one, just the cinematically, I was yeah. very artistic the way I filmed it and stuff like that. And yeah. so I just really liked how that one came across. And then one that I just did... Um, recently about uh having people pull over to the right when when they see our flashing lights so and that is just it just doesn't happen so i'm not even a first responder and it drives me crazy my wife if she, my wife was here she'd be like nodding like, right oh you should hear him in the car yeah. when people don't pull over for y'all when you're yeah. going to a call and no one's moving oh yeah. that drives me crazy that's uh, what that one's about yeah that one and it that one is to the song have you, the the movie the greatest showman yeah like the big crescendo song the yeah. uh the never enough song like mine is called never enough and my whole thing is uh all the shine of a thousand strobe lights all the cars that have pulled to the right side will never be enough for people to see that there's a fire engine coming and so so that's the <laughs> that's the premise on that one you know what's interesting is i've noticed with first responders or not just first responders but anybody that has to deal with like the dark side of humanity at times the right. difficult things there's a there's a there's a dark comedy that is for almost sure. a coping mechanism right? oh absolutely so you know i was a pastor for years and you know we'd go to a lot of like hospital calls and i remember there was one hospital call we went to and it was the entire family were firefighters right and their mother she had fallen she'd hurt her head no one really knew this is usually when you go to this call everybody's crying and i'm praying with family and but this one we have never laughed so hard we were standing outside the emergency firefighters are the sons are firefighters and um it was just non-stop joking yeah. And, and, but yeah. I, but you, you kind of have to do that as a coping mechanism, don't you? I've noticed the same thing with military. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, comedy is, it truly is a medicine. And it really, or just laughing, not, I shouldn't say comedy, laughter in general truly is a, med is a medicine. And it really does get you through some, some pretty awful things. But yeah, sometimes we always say, man, if, uh, you know, we if people had kind of a peek behind the curtain and heard some of the <laughs> yes. jokes we make at some of the worst times, and they probably think that we're horrible, horrible yeah, human yeah. beings. But it really, it truly does. It really helps us get through some of those very, very yeah. tragic things that we see because we're human beings too, um, and that's just kind of how we process. That's how we process through yeah. it and how we see uh, the things that are happening and and uh, and just kind of how we how we get through it and and just move on to that next call because you it, it's it's a very unique profession uh, being a first responder whether you're a police officer or you're a firefighter even in the military um when you're there it, it truly is you're, you're there people are calling you at the worst moment of your life or you're having to go in and do some very hard things and see some very horrible things and in those moments you cannot it's it's weird to say you almost have to turn your human being off yeah, yeah. and you become very task oriented and you no longer see a child yeah, or somebody's yeah. mother or somebody say it's it's now a problem i have the skill set to fix that problem and i'm going to do it and because if you saw that as an injured child or uh you know somebody else some, you couldn't you know, whatever yeah, yeah. the human side would take yeah, over yeah. and you absolutely could not function so yeah. you have to kind of switch your brain into this uh task-oriented system process. There's a problem. I know how to fix it. I'm going to fix it and we're going to move on. Um, but there is that time where you come back where you can't stay task-oriented or a robot. You have to yeah. become a human again. Um, and that's the part where I think people have a hard time um, transitioning back or even just dealing with it. And it just, it, it's, it's, 
it's different because it, it makes you feel these feelings of like, is something wrong with me? Yeah. Because when I do experience death or something like that in my personal life, whether it's a family member or something like that, it doesn't affect me like I see other people in my family. And it makes me feel like, man, is something wrong with me? But what I've kind of figured out is because we do see some of these traumatic things and some of these really awful, horrible things, um, I'm almost thankful that when somebody dies of natural causes, that's how it was because yeah. I know it can be a lot worse. Yeah. But I've also know that it is it is at its core just part of life. You yeah. know, we've all we're all dying. We've all been dying since yeah. birth. So, yeah. you know. my, my middle son and I talk about this often where we're like, I don't know what it is about our culture, our society. Right. That so many people pretend or act like they're not going to die. Right. Like, like yeah. we're all going to die of something. And yeah. so it's almost like we. We, we live in a, in a culture in a lot of ways where we almost pretend we're not going to. Like, it's such right. a shock when someone does. But, you know, going back to, to what you're talking about, Brent, this is why I and I think a lot of our listeners just have tremendous respect for first responders, military, all, all, all the people that deal with that. Is You are dealing with things that the rest of us really, you know, maybe a couple of times. I've, I've come up on a couple of really terrible car wrecks and had to deal with some things, but that's that's what you guys are dealing, you know, week after week, month after month, year after year. Right. You're going on decade after decade almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you yeah. know, great, great respect to you. you. So Brent, as you know, this podcast is built around this cautionary tale, no gray areas, um, uh, mistake that a couple of guys made the, in their early twenties and now they're in their early fifties and it's still costing them. Right. Um, they lost careers over it. And so the guy that wrote the book, No Gray Area, is Joseph Cagliano, who this, this podcast is really about or after. It, 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 he really wants to share, hey, I, I made some mistakes. All of us as humans make some mistakes. It doesn't mean the story's over. Right. You do want it as a cautionary tale. You hope younger people will hear and listen and maybe choose a different road. But you, there's still a redemptive side to it. What, what are some of yours? You know, you're, you're, uh, how old are you? I'm 40 years old. I wouldn't ask you that yeah. if you were a woman, but <laughs> yeah. as men, we're okay. Yeah. We're safe. So right. you're 40. I'm 40, yeah. Well, I'd say welcome to the 40s, yeah. but I just left them. <laughs> I'm 51. <laughs> so um, you're 40 years old. You don't right. get to 40 without having some bumps in the road, right? So sure. what what are some of yours? So yeah, you're right. I'm I'm 40 years old, and in that 40 years, uh, I actually have never made any mistakes ever. I've been a perfect human being um, well, that, other than Jesus. But you know, that's really why we wanted yeah. you on. Right. Yeah. We've had a lot of people yeah. that share their mistakes. I wanted yeah. to have one person <laughs> that's, the that's one. reached the mountaintop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you know, I, I will say coming from a law enforcement family, um, I think I was made aware of mistakes very early at a very early age of just the the fact that mistakes do carry yeah, yeah. weight and it does affect you the yeah. rest of your life. Um, so that's not to say I haven't made mistakes, but but you were you were raised in the home where your dad, your mom, but your dad, especially as yeah. a cop, is saying like, "Hey, you yeah. can do some things," and uh, that doesn't go off your record, right? Ever. So yeah. like, I, I never I never did drugs. I never did alcohol. I never tried alcohol. I just I just I just didn't do that. And mainly mainly because I had fear that my dad he's gonna find all this out. Um, but I'm still an idiot. I'm still an idiot. I'm 40 years old. I'm still an idiot. I still do make mistakes. Um, the mistakes that I think that for me that have been the most impactful in my life, um, there have been the mistakes that have come in my my personal life as um, as a husband, mm -hmm. you know, as a mm -hmm. father, things like that. You know, I'm I'm very passionate about um, leadership and families and marriage and. It's it's so often in the fire service 
you see in just in first responders in general, yeah. brokenness in yeah. families yeah. and marriages. And, and I, do. and I have countless friends who have been divorced and, and it's just, it's, it's truly heartbreaking. Um, and I think for me, and, and I've made mistakes through this social mm -hmm. media journey, which, you know, again, I, I, that was never the plan. It just kind of happened. Mm -hmm. Um, but so like for me, the, a mistake that I would say that I made, um, early on, it's, you know, we, we identify these targets in our lives or these goals and you have, um, you can have things that are like, it's a good desire. It's a good thing, but it can be a lousy goal. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I was, my, my wife and I were married. We had our first son Bentley. And I remember thinking, you know, I'm going to be, I'm not going to be that dad that just is checked out. You know, when the baby's here, um, you know, I'm not going to just roll over and get away. I'm going to get up. I'm going to change those diapers. I'm going to be just so involved. I'm going to be this great dad. And I got so, which that's a great, yeah, that's a yeah. great, like, Desire, it's a lousy goal. My goal needs to continue to be to my, first and foremost, my relationship with God, my relationship with my wife. And that's the thing. The best gift that I can give my kids is having a great relationship with their mother. Mm -hmm. And for me, I kind of got it twisted and I was like, I'm going to be a good dad. I'm going to be a very involved dad. I'm going to be all this stuff. And so I got so laser focused on making sure that I was doing all the things, helping out and this and that. When and without even realizing that I'm neglecting her, like her needs, not asking her how she's doing, where she's at, like, are you okay? I see you're tired. Not even acknowledging, like she does so much, you know, our wives mm -hmm. do so much. Yeah, and for sure. And here I am thinking like, yeah, I got this figured out. Having kids, being a husband, it's not that yeah, hard. Yeah. And I'm completely missing the mark, completely missing the boat. And then it's like smacking you in the face when she's telling me like, I just, you know, I don't even feel like, you, you even think about me. You're not even, you know, I feel, I feel very alone. I'm like, what are you talking about alone? It's mm. me and you in this with our kids. What do you mean alone? And so, yeah, I mean, marriage is not easy. I know, I know a lot of newlyweds, young married couples that are like, marriage is easy and this and that. Sh it, it, sure. It, it can, it can, some people, they hit, they hit the ground running and it's hard right from the get go. Yep. For me and my wife, it was not like that. It, we, it was great. The first you know, four or five years of marriage and then kids come into it and then it gets real. It. And, yeah. and, and there's a whole new normal you're trying to figure out. And yeah, yeah. That's an ever changing thing, you know? Yep. And as soon as you get, figure out what normal is, normal becomes something different. <laughs> yep. Yep. You add another kid to the mix or life happens or whatever. And, and so, yeah. And, and I still like, and I, again, I would be lying if I said, I've got to figure it out because I still miss the mark. And I still got to remember that like, Oh man, you know, um, you know, my wife will, she'll share her, you know, frustration with me and, and I, and I get caught up in work. You know, yeah. you have, we have careers and I have this social media thing and I have all these different things that have come into life and I, uh, I miss the mark again. Yeah. You know, I get, I get off focus and, uh, and I start thinking like, you know, I, I need to work harder, get that promotion, make more money, be able to provide for my family more. Um, you know, in social media, it's, it has, it has offered opportunities of different things. Money has come with it. Different things have come with that. And I'm like, you know, oh, I just want to do this because I want to be able to get these resources, money or whatever, to be able to create experiences and memories for our families and all these things. But it's like, if I'm focusing on that yeah. while losing yeah. my family in the meantime, then yep. it's completely wrong. And I'm completely off. And I have missed that. And thank, thankfully, uh, I haven't 
had that happen. You haven't lost, you know, my wife yeah. and I are happily married. We, we're yeah. going to be married 13 years coming up soon. Congratulations. Thank you. And yeah, and we have four kids and uh, she is my biggest cheerleader throughout this, all this social media stuff and my career. And, and I'm her biggest cheerleader as well. And but, Does she like uh, Brent or Firefighter Fenton more? Oh, I mean, who's her favorite? Oh no, she <laughs> she doesn't like the she salty. Does, she doesn't. Yeah, she's not a fan. <laughs> she's been in some of the videos, and she's a great she's a great yeah, sport. Yeah. Um, she enjoys being a part of the videos, but as they as the platform has grown, I get recognized. We get recognized, and she she's an introvert. She does not like to be out in public, and she's also she was an ER nurse for years. Um, she's not in the ERs right now, but when she was in the ERs and fire crews come in, they're like. You're that. Yeah. You're the girl from the video. And she and she's just like, part uh, of that. thanks for that. Appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, she don't want any part of that. So, you know, and Brent though, but going back to what you were just saying, this is where every one of our listeners, I think would resonate with what you're saying. Their lives are different. They may be in a different situation, but there's none of us. Like what you're, what you're saying is life is just, you're juggling these different things. Right. Yep. And uh, none of us are going to arrive. That's where I right. like one of my favorite phrases, never arriving, but always striving. Right. Like right. you're not going to wake up one day and go, I have a perfect balance in life. <laughs> I've reached the mountaintop. I know yeah. how to be a perfect dad, a perfect husband, a perfect firefighter. Per so what you're describing is you're just saying some of your mistakes, some of the things you struggled with is just trying to find that, that balance, those, and sure. then making sure that your, your goal isn't the wrong goal, right? right. Or your, yeah. Yeah. The biggest thing that I always think is like, you know, it's my job to lead my family. You know, I lead my family in, um, you know, spiritually. And, and I always say that like, I'm the, I'm in charge of the fun side of our family. Like I'm the CEO of fun when it comes to the Fenton family. <laughs> yeah, probably the and, right guy for that. Yeah. And so like my desire is to, you know, and, well, and it's, it's evolved, right? You know, I was, when I, I haven't always been Brent, who was a firefighter, who's firefighter Fenton, who was married, who's had kids, who's, you know, and yeah. so I have all of these things now, all these different hats that I wear. And like you said, I, I'm constantly, trying to find that balance and make sure that I'm aiming at the right mark, make sure that I'm leading at the right, leading in the right direction. Because I, you know, especially me as a leader, as a father, as a husband, I don't get the luxury of taking a back seat and saying, you know, I don't feel like leading today. Like yeah. I'm always leading and you're never not leading. You're either leading where you want to go or you're leading where you don't want to go. And it's always readjusting and correcting that path. And sometimes I get off that target, I get off that mark and I'm, you know, I, I see that flashy thing and I'm like, Oh, I'm going that way, you know, and then yeah. I have to realize, oh, you know, no, that's, yeah. that's money. Yeah. You, whatever. Money's whatever. It's going to come. It's going to go. Um, you know, I need to go after my wife's heart and yeah. go after my kid's heart. I need to, you know, I need to make sure that I maintain my relationship with God for myself, you know, all these mm -hmm. things, because, you know, if that's not good, I can't lead anybody. I yeah. can't even lead myself at that point. So, so what would you recommend? Uh, you know, let's say we have some listeners, myself included, who, who would go, man, I so hear what you're saying. And I find myself, you know, maybe yesterday they had a conversation with a spouse or a friend or a coworker or a boss or someone who's explaining to them. I think you're, I, I, I don't think you have balance right now. I think, you yeah. how do you lead yourself through that failure or how do you lead yourself through that, um, disappointment where what, what, do you, what do you do what would you recommend yeah i mean again i it's it's just recognizing that we're humans you know we're we we aren't perfect none of us have arrived um but yeah like you hit it right on there it's it's ha being able to have um you know a a group 
around you, surrounding yourself with people that can point out those blind spots. You know, there's, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Um, and you can have someone that, uh, who truly cares about you, has your best interests in mind, um, who loves you, uh, whether that's friends, family, a pastor, a coach, whatever that is, um, that knows you well enough to know that, Hey, you're off and, uh, can come alongside of you and kind of help. Cause we all, we all need, we all need to be part of a team. We all need somebody to come alongside mm-hmm. us and help us. Um, and it's just having that, that accountability really yeah. is what it is. Who and are those people in your life? So for me, um, you know, I have, I have mentors, you know, I have, uh, I have, so my dad, you know, my dad is one of my biggest, you know, he's, he's my That's amazing. Yeah. He, gift. My, yeah, gift. exactly. Yeah. And I, and I do feel very fortunate, you know, my dad was my role model growing up and I'm still, you know, he's, he's the OG funny Fenton and I, you know, I love, <laughs> and he's got his shortcomings and I've seen his failures yeah. and I've seen, you his know, him better than most people. Oh Yeah. And, and but that's I, what makes him a great mentor though. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's always showed me that and he's seen that and he's, he's never like failed and just kind of swept that under the rug. He's pointed at that and said, that wasn't good. I missed mm-hmm. a mark on that one, you know, and that's been great for me. I just did it last night with one of my sons. I just, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got angry. I mm-hmm. came off shift. I just worked, you know, a 72 hour shift and not a whole lot of sleeping going on. Had some very traumatic calls. Uh, it was, a, it was a unique shift you know, and then I got to come home and I got to be dad. And, you know, my wife was out, you know, with her friends, which that's important too. And my wife needs to have her life as well. And I had the kids and I just snapped on him and uh, he started crying and I had to sit him down and say, look, you're not in trouble. And what dad did right there, that was wrong. That wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you forgive me. And we moved on. Now right. There's one of the most powerful lessons to learn, right? Cause you can yeah. talk about humility yeah, people can you know, hear messages about humility. You can read books about humility, but when you when you watch your own dad mm-hmm. humble himself and admit to his mistakes, which is what you're saying you did with your yeah. son, what your dad did with you, yeah. modeled you. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, for for me, my my father, um, my pastor, uh, I have really good friends. I've surrounded myself with people who are aiming at the same mark and that are going in the same direction, and they've been able to hold me accountable. Um, I've got those people that I call when I always say when like the proverbial house is on fire, when Mm -hmm. it's burning down, you know, Mm -hmm. when my wife and I are just in a bad place or struggling or fighting, I can just have somebody that I can sounding board that I can call and talk to again. You have those people in in my life. So that's amazing. You know, you've probably heard this. You show me the five people you spend most of your time with and I'll show you who you're going to be in two years. Right. And, you know, that's what you're saying you're living out. And that's one of the ways that you work through the messiness of life right? and the brokenness of life and the Mm -hmm. mistakes of life is having those truth tellers in your life. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, Brent, thanks so much. Let me let me ask you one more time before we jump into the two truths and the lie, which is two truths and a lie, which is ironic because (laughs) this is no gray areas. I'm going to ask you to lie. But um, how do how do people find you again? So uh, anybody can find me on social media. I mean, you can Google Firefighter Fenton. No, I mean your home address. Up, which is crazy. Uh, no, I'm just so kidding. I'm in I'm North. No, so. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you can Google Firefighter Fenton. No, but the easiest way is if you're on Instagram, it's at Firefighter Fenton. Uh, Facebook, um, TikTok. I do have a Twitter, which Twitter's a political minefield, which is crazy. But yeah. there's some comedy in there too, which yeah. is me. Yeah. It's Firefighter Fenton on that because Twitter won't let me have Fenton. <laughs> it's too it's two characters too long so but yeah uh at firefighter fenton you can find okay. all my content and the for the most part the platforms have most of the same content tiktok's a little different because they have some crazy yeah. guidelines that 
whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Social media frustrations that really aren't important, but whatever. It's a fun, I would encourage people to go find it. You'll get a good laugh out of it for sure. And um, I love that you just, it just kind of accidentally happened. Uh, yeah. You started doing this and it blew up in some ways and then you just kept on. It did. So love yeah. it. it. Yeah. It really yeah. did. It started out on accident, turned yeah. into something crazy. And um, I've been able to get involved with other things. I mean, Got this shirt on Fire Department Coffee. That's a company I'm involved with as well. And I saw that. Great. I saw it. Good coffee. <laughs> great coffee. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So, you had to yeah. say that. I know that. But <laughs> yeah. it, I love I'm coffee. I'm going to yeah. go try it. Yeah, I'm going to go try it. I love coffee. All right. So two truths and a lie. So the audience, myself, we've been with you for about 40 minutes or so. Um, we'll see if you can stump us. Two truths and a lie. Okay. I speak fluent German. Um, I have Tourette's Syndrome. Um, and I have a song that was in a movie. Oh man. Okay. Fluent German, Tourette's syndrome. You have a song in a movie. I'm going to say the, uh, the fluent German. I, I'm going to say that's true. Is that true? That's not true. Oh, come on. <laughs> you are a great liar. No, you so, got me. So yeah, so I do. I do. You have know to... the the salty. I was picturing the mustache and the salty <laughs> guy going German yeah. sometime, but no. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. The the song that's actually how my wife and I met was doing music together. Uh, we led worship at our church for years, um, and yeah, I've written some original songs, and I had uh, an original song that I wrote that was in a movie. So you and writing these parody songs, I mean, it's, it's actually something you had done. You're, yeah. you didn't just pick one, up that's all another one of my passions is, is music. So. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So that one's true. And then, and then I have Tourette's syndrome, which I, have, I was, I figured I'm like, you got to guess that one. Cause who's going to lie about that? That's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't, I have a friend that has it. I haven't seen any weird like quirks yeah. or anything. So, okay. Yeah, no. Yeah. That was just something that I was diagnosed with when I was younger. And I've been very fortunate because some people don't always have the same path on that that yeah. I have some people it stays the same it gets worse for me as I got older it got better so it's almost unrecognizable but I do have like yeah. a head twitch that comes out if I'm extremely stressed or, or if I'm very tired yeah yep. this, my friend of mine so. is when he's tired yep well Brent thanks so much man I I know first of all we had fun and I encourage people to go check out your social media pages and appreciate what you taught us I think uh, all of us if we take to heart what you said uh, we're gonna be better people for it so thank you absolutely thank you for having me I really appreciate it Hey, thanks so much for listening to the No Gray Areas podcast. Brent did an amazing job today. Remember the big takeaway? Never arriving, always striving. And question for you, who are the truth tellers in your life? Maybe tag some of those people below. Share this podcast with them. Like, follow, and subscribe. No Gray Areas.